0: You know not saying you can't disagree with things or, or say like or offer your opinions but i just see so much uh, of readers and others who just get so bothered right about what about what what other some other department is doing
1: firehouse vigilance presents the weekly scrap a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency Corey Moore, Firehouse Vigilance. This is Weekly Scrap number 81. I am excited about tonight's guest because he does not make a lot of appearances. It is Bill Carey. He served as a volunteer firefighter, sergeant, and lieutenant at Hyattsville in Prince George's County, Maryland. He is the online news manager with Clarion Fire and Rescue Group, which includes Firefighter Nation and Fire Rescue Magazine. Uh, His writings and articles have been featured everywhere you could want to be, and I was exposed to him uh, for his work studying the facts surrounding line-of-duty deaths. Uh, he is considered to be a mentor by people who I consider a mentor. So, Bill Carey, it is my pleasure to have you on today as the guest of Weekly Scrap number 81. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. To everyone watching live, if you have questions for Bill or myself, please do not hesitate to throw them in the comment section. I will read them and we will answer them. Um, did I miss anything in the intro or anything you want to add or clarify? Uh, I'm not sure about the whole mentor part, but everything else is all right fair enough now usually on the scrap try to keep it somewhat light-hearted uh and have a fun conversation but tonight we get into some heavy lifting because we're going to be discussing line of duty deaths and, and studying and the data over drama and all that kind of stuff uh, but i wanted to say that right out the gate that this is going to be some heavy lifting but before we jump off into the data i want to kind of ask you how did you get started in studying line of duty deaths why did how did it become such a passion of yours
0: it, it really came without any original intent uh you know, my best friend back home, Lane Bynum, and I—we were talking about the line of duty deaths and such, and how you know, you know, they vary. they they everything from you know, like most recently, the, you know, traditional, you know, searching for people and being killed in a collapse to, um, yeah, you, know, you know, getting sick after attending a meeting. And so, uh, his view was like, you know, we apply the same definitions to other jobs, yeah you know, a farmer would have pretty much the uh, highest number of line of duty deaths in, as far as that workplace, because the farmer is always on duty from when he gets up to when he goes to bed, whether he's out in the field, whether he's changing weights, whether he's plowing or disking, or whether he's, you know, driving in town to the seed company, he's always working. So it you know, so got into, you know, actually looking at the categories and the subcategories and the numbers and um, reading the reports, and then eventually, you know, breaking that information down and uh, writing about it, and then from there, continuing with that, and also matching it up with uh, whatever line of duty death reports were published to see if there's any contrasts
1: or stuff like that. So that's how it started, and it just uh, it's taken off. Absolutely. Uh, it's safe to say that you are a subject matter expert on LODDs. I, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that about myself, but I've heard
0: other people say that, or they've said, "Hey, I've asked this question, and so and so referred me to you." Sure. Or, you know, or the, you know, the, you know, organizations and others have come to me and said, "Hey, we can't find this. Can you tell us about this?" Or we've been referred to you by other people. So, um, all I do is read and reread and reread and reread. So I I can't say I'm an expert at that. I just I just read and write about it.
1: That's a very humble answer, but I get I get your I take your point. So, the you do, you write an article at the beginning of each year that basically breaks down the previous year's line of duty deaths for the last few years, at least. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. you starting. I didn't want to walk on you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I just take you, you know um, the Euler reports give you what I call lump sum data, and so uh, it's broken down from like the grand total to uh, numbers in various activity types. Uh, age range, state, uh, cause of death, nature of death, such like that. And um, it wasn't until I started really looking at the at the details and also the definitions and the criteria that um, even in the subcategories, th- those numbers are, are wide. Um, I, I'd said once before in a, a presentation a few months ago for a department that, uh, you know, if, if you put your hand on a hose line somewhere at a, the at a, at a point of a fire ground operation and die, your activity is considered advancing hose lines. Wow. If you throw a ladder to the roof, let's say you throw a ladder to the roof and you perform ventilation, you come down, you have a heart attack and die, your activity type is considered ventilation. So you've got a wide range of activity in there that those numbers cover. Yeah. And um you know, not. I don't know. I do know in some parts that um, there's intent not to go into the numbers in detail, and then others will present the information and not know that they could go into detail. <laughs> um, when by guys are given information either in articles or trading classes that X number died doing whatever, right? Well, uh, in reality, the actual number of guys who died doing whatever X is is very small.
1: Right. No. Is it is it disingenuous? Is it just uh, accidental? Is it just lack of attention? I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out because when you say it like that, it seems. Go ahead. I, you you get my point. It's a it's a range of both. Um,
0: some don't know, and and that's and they're just you know they just go by the report, and that's that's what they that's what they get from it, and that's what they put out there. Um, I have run into uh, articles where. Uh, people have uh, rounded the numbers, guesstimated, and, and such like that. And um, it's not like I go hunting for it to like prove somebody wrong. It's right, but often I, I'll, I'll see something and I'll see a number and I'll think, okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. So I go back and check, and then I find out no, what they're showing isn't correct. And I, you know, respectfully ask them, hey, where did you, right. where you get this number? where did you get it from? And um, in one case, it came up that it was. Uh, the guy was just rounding. He was just taking a uh, a ten-year average and then rounding and projecting. So, so it's a it's a range, of, right?
1: Right. Was it? Do you feel like it was uh, stretching the numbers almost to prove a point, to advance an agenda, or?
0: With some, with some, there is that. Okay. Um, it, it, it's. I don't think it's it's very blatant in like the terms of like a conspiracy theory, but more of a
1: bias, maybe.
0: Uh, yeah, I think there's you know there's a there's a there's a deep, passionate, wholehearted effort to promote whatever it is, uh, whether it's a change in tactics or a view on risk management and um, they just go with it. Hmm. but I don't think it's, I don't think it's deliberately malicious malicious right. firefighters. I just it's just a matter of not fully understanding or taking the time to fully understand the data.
1: Right. Diving in a little bit on your the, the most recent article which you just put out in February. Uh, the twenty twenty deaths from last year was at ninety six uh one third of those were and that 's actually up quite a bit correct i i, I would i believe
0: it's still
1: about but most of that is attributed to covid the increase with about a third of those i didn 't write down the number, but a third of them were covid related deaths right. which you know is tragic but uh i want to dive into the misconceptions that surround you know, and it's something that I, I've heard since I hired on in '97, which is we're killing 100 firefighters a year fighting fires.
0: It's, it's dropped. Um, not necessarily a significant drop, but but again, it's that's one of those things where, um, it, you know, when you. I always want to say first that, that when you talk about line of duty death data, you, you have to preface it with, with taking emotion out of, out of the conversation Okay. because you can't get around it. You know, somebody somewhere has experienced line of duty death either directly in the department or somebody, you know, neighboring that they know so forth. So, so, so there's a lot of passion in the discussion. Sure. Uh, everything from changing tactics to health to whatever, there's a lot of passion in there. Um, Passion leads to bias, and bias clouds your understanding. And uh, so, when you, when when I talk about the data, and when, when we as a fire service should talk about the data, we're talking about the numbers, and yeah, each number represents a person, but we're talking about the material that is presented to us in training. And so, you know, you have an average of 100 die each year, or it drops to 90 or, or so forth. Well, you know, as a grand total, that's, that's fine. Uh, I don't mean to be flippant, but I mean, wh- what was the, what was the big reduction? You know? Sure. Um, you, you know, 2017 we had out of, um, 93, we only had one firefighter that year killed inside a burning building. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Now, now it wasn't promoted or, or, recognized as the, uh, was a 2019 which had the the total low being significant and you know which you know many others had mentioned to be like a historic milestone um that year there were more who died inside burning buildings but but 2017 only one guy inside of a burning building so just think of the 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 just the, the 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 i'm at a loss for the word of it for the uh the size of it, but you think of all the fire departments in the country, you know, all the guys out there, all running calls, and, and, and we, you know by the definition that you don't have to go to a fire to have a line of duty death. And out, out of that whole year, you, you just you come away with just one guy killed inside a burning building. That, that's a that's a huge, huge area of progress for the fire service, and you know all different types of of organizations and, and means can take some credit for that reduction right so so yeah you know on average 100 a year well okay but you know what if, what if you know, what 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 increases and decreases do you actually have in that at that average do you right. have more more guys dying of heart attacks Do you have more younger guys dying of, of cardiac arrest Do you have more people dying because of you know vehicle operations and crashes it's it's um It's
1: a flippant and absurd term. Fair enough. (laughs) we got to deep dive into the numbers and figure out where those drops are coming from. Uh, So I want to ask you this. And uh, in your study of the data surrounding the line of duty deaths, excuse me, I want to drill down to interior operations itself or being inside that burning structure, uh, specifically fire attack and search key takeaways that these have in common all all line of duty deaths are tragic and you already brought it up there's passion involved emotion involved and stuff like that i'm not downplaying the the impact it has on those families but i want to drill down specifically into the actual into fire attack and search and say what is the key takeaways that you've that you've pulled out of the data and studying that you have done for for
0: ones inside yes Disorientation is still, a, still like a, a problem. Um, communication is a, is a huge problem for communication. And then um, the next thing I would say would be floor collapse. You know, burns are down significantly over the years. You know, we, we don't have that many anymore. Now, it, it, could, it could increase, but um, over the past years, we don't have that many who are, who are, who are dying in uh, what they call sudden fire behavior events. I mean, the most are, are you know, what's the term? Uh, in through the front door and through the floor. So
1: um, th- th- those three areas are those to be key as far as interior no no absolutely absolutely uh i've got to catch you up here shane bentley said and shane bentley i'm, I'm wearing the shirt today i'm proud of it uh lump sum data breaks it down and takes the wide range variety out and shows more specific reason talk about breaking down uh gg galasso's asking are you speaking of the u.s alone that is what we are discussing is the u.s uh line of duty deaths yes i don't yeah, know just- if you've studied anywhere else have you
0: yeah, I've taken a look because there's always comes up the, the question of comparing ourselves to um, other countries. And what's unique about other countries is, is for the most part, that they have a regionalized fire service. And um, their method of determining and collecting the data is, is just very, very different. So it's um, it's a work in progress, but it's been a long work that's been off and on with me, just because uh, just pinning down the sources for sure. one how they how they, comp- how they compile their data.
1: So it's like Germany and Sweden have completely different. Uh...
0: Yeah. Okay, as yeah. opposed See, to Brazil you
1: know, or yeah.
0: U.S. has a wide definition of of, of, of line of duty, or specifically on duty depth, which you know we use for the you know, the United States Fire Administration uses. Um, whereas most you know other countries um, would just limit it to the actual fire ground operation or um, responding and returning. So it's, it's, it's not an easy comparison.
1: No, I get it. So that's that answer. We are discussing mainly line of duty deaths in the U S. Uh, Dave LeBlanc said, my brother, Bill Carey with the data, not drama. Every number represents a person so much truth. And we owe it to them to learn from their tragedy. So an honest accounting of what happened is critical. If we are going to learn and promote change. Great points from Dave. And he said, but saying a hundred fighters, fighters a year, died on the fire ground and then advocate we change because of it is disingenuous so yes a hundred percent um reese Eastham says has the ratio of health-related versus fire-related line of duty deaths changed over time
0: yeah it has um and the one thing that we that's noticeable is the younger generation coming in um their number of deaths the non-traumatic is significantly low and um, you see a shift now, more of the non-traumatic deaths are in the age range of uh, 50, 60, 70. And so um, I, I think you know, looking at this over the years, I think I think as a, as long as the younger firefighters coming in healthy with already ingrained, you know health and good health and fitness behaviors carry them through into their career, whether it's their time as a volunteer or whether, their career as a, as a paid firefighter, right. if, if they continue with that, um, then, then the fire service as a whole, will see a, a shift in the in the age drop as far as health.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Nick Papard timed in and said, I love the push for following the actual facts, not just anecdotal beliefs. Keep pushing the data brother. hundred percent. Put a like on it. All right. Where's my notes pulling them up. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Okay. So you have a magic wand and you have unlimited funds. What is bill Carey going to implement tomorrow at my fire department? Uh, a- after studying all the data and ignoring all the drama.
0: Mandatory annual health and uh, fitness checks and screening. Now I, um, in one, in one year's worth of data and review, I married a, uh, a NIOSH report from a non-traumatic death to, to the, uh, announcement. And, um, this was, uh, I think 2019. We, we still have fire departments out there where if, if you're, if you're walking, talking and upright and can drive, you can be a member.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, you know, I, 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 remarked, uh, one time that, uh, i think my my daughter participating in school sports and other activities uh had to go and get more doctor clearances than some fire departments do no. and uh so it's some for some it's a budget problem and for for others it's a um it's a pride problem but but yeah if 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 uh in that scenario i had you know unlimited funding then it would be it would be making sure that uh, the people coming through the door are healthy
1: and stay healthy. And and I mean, I, you just mentioned budget problems and pride problems. But what you know, when you look at the data of the people who are dying of heart attack, cardiovascular, I, I, I don't want I don't want to um, disparage anything. You know, it's like I said, it's a tough conversation. But what is the obstacles that are keeping you? You know, when when you you got people screaming that vertical ventilation is so dangerous, so dangerous. You know, we have to change our operating tactics. But yet you can look at the line of duty death reports and see these non-traumatic events and, and lack of health contributing. What do you think uh, is the major obstacle involved in this? Well, what we've seen in,
0: in reactions to, you know, calls for stuff like that on the volunteer side, it's, it's um, fearful of, of reducing your staffing and eventually closing up your house. Uh, on the career side, uh, and this is a little bit more understandable, and I think would require some finesse. It's, uh, what do you do with, uh, existing conditions? You know, you got a guy that's, you know, a group of guys that have been on for six, eight years, and all of a sudden you're going to start having mandatory stuff. Well, um, you know, on the career side with, with union and whatnot, you, you, you know, you can't, can't necessarily penalize them for what they worked with so far. But, um, That's been the biggest thing. It's either on the volunteer side, we're going to lose people or
1: on the career side, we're going to get penalized unfairly. Gotcha. No. and Yeah, that pretty much nails it down. Uh, Dennis Riley said, Chief said, if you are going to quote statistics, I think you need to understand statistics. So many people talk about the numbers, but many don't truly understand what the numbers really say. And that is 100%. Then you throw in agendas and biases and everything else. And yeah, that's a recipe. Nick Papard chimed back in and said, life scan type physicals and mandatory PT programs should be the standard, not the exception, 100%. If we truly want to take care of our people, this has to be at the top of the list, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I, you are not alone. I will join you in that opinion. Right on. Yes, there we go. All right, Bill, back to you. Um, There was a quote from an older older article that says, staying as safe as we can while still fulfilling the mission. That seems to be what we're trying to do. You know, no one has a death wish. Um, somewhere along the line, the research results have been twisted into a message of safety above all else. But quite frankly, that can lead to a lot more risk. Now, that's just a quote I pulled out that kind of encapsulated the safety. We come before the citizens versus we're here for them. Uh, back and forth tug of war that's been going on in the fire service, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, where would you say we stand on that as we're moving into 2021? Is the drum that's been beaten by so many starting to be heard? Or go ahead. I think so. Um,
0: it, it's hard to gauge it when you when you speak to people and then also when you see social media and when you see comments. Um, I know there's been a, over the past two or three years, been there's been a lot less of the typical reactions to to deaths and to close calls like earlier you know this is how we're killing hundreds of firefighters and such like that um there's still there's still some of the uh the blind major reactions that push safety and, and they don't do well for for the people who who realistically work to you know make their operations as safe as, as safe as they can realistically sure um so i think i think we've kind of i think the fire service as a whole has kind of drifted away from that type of, of comment to, to news and stories um but there's there's still i well i mean i still get you know, questions from, from people saying, Hey, uh, can you tell me how many guys have gone through a roof in the past 10 years? My, my chief wants to, wants us to stop, you know, doing vertical that. Right. Um, you know, and I, I ask, well, well, you know, before, you know, I give you that information, why, what is the reason? Cause it might not have anything to do with a number of people. Um, and it, and it generally is, it's because, you know, too many guys have gone through close calls and such like that. And so, so there is, there's is still some of that, um, it's watch what I say. <laughs> it, a lot of it has to do with with, with you know the, the people wanting to to push the safety change that that we might see as extreme or that others might see as extreme. Um, it, again, it has to do with their bias and their 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 notion of, of how things are. Um, I see, I see there's less of that now, but I. I I don't know if it's because of um, less interaction on social media, or over time, it's uh, that type of right. just died away. I mean, if you remember, like uh, in Kern County, California, when the captain went through the garage roof,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, the internet and the social media, they were you know alive with how you know that you know the chief should be fired and everybody and his brother should be brought up on charges. Right um we're not seeing that so much anymore at least at least i don't see it through through what i do for work
1: no that's fair now is the did, uh i want to ask this because i don't know uh the right way to, like line of duty deaths versus close calls or near misses uh do they correlate pretty well as far as <clears throat> it's hard to say because how do you have a near miss on a cardiovascular event you know
0: yeah it's and um the, with, with the other, with the latter, the, the, the near miss and the close call, there's no real way to. to uh, it's hard to quantify. Yeah. You know what's what's there. Um, so to to try to try to put something up that can be um, so widely interpreted based upon either you know first, second, third hand accounts. Sure. Um, or you know, one dimension photos or videos. To something that you know it gets, gets an official report, an official investigation, a narrative, uh, and in most cases can be you know years later investigated by by NIOSH. It's it's, it's, it's like a uh, apples and hex bolt comparison.
1: <laughs> not even oranges. Not even in the same. Not even a fruit. All right, uh, stand fast and vet your fire. Now I'm getting away from line of duty deaths a little bit as I move into this next one. I love this article you wrote. And it was after the smoke explosion up there in New York or backdraft or whatever the internet wanted to argue about. But a big takeaway from that article was the importance of pre-incident planning and walkthroughs. You had a checklist on there, you know, and, uh, do you think walkthroughs, pre-incident planning, you know, with the technology and things like Google earth and, and i am just, it's just something I'm toying around in my head as is walkthroughs as prevalent as they were 10, 20, 30 years ago, or do you think they're dying off? Or do you think there's even more of them? Just what Opinion. I,
0: I think there's more of them and i don't I, it could be just in the <clears throat> electronic social circles that i'm I'm involved with but sure. um yeah it's one the technology gives us the ease of, of documenting and sharing information and then uh now um you know building construction that has gone from in my view from work uh, building construction has gone from just a, like a niche area that a few people long-standing had knowledge of to uh, being embraced by a lot of firefighters out there, young and old, um, male and female too. So, so it's been, it's become almost like a uh, almost like a little club or gang. Right. People just, you know, hey, you know, I, <clears throat> we went through this building and. You know we we saw this and that and here's photos and here's show that and then somebody else will say hey yeah we we had this you know, down the street from our place and we have this over here or, or or the or the opposite of that would be no we don't have this type of roof we have this type of roof and it's so forth so yeah it's become more prevalent and um one just out of necessity of recognizing you know the, the need and the, and the reason behind it but then also just uh the, the communication even electronic communication and just. Just sharing that information. Everybody's learning off each other, and in right. turn, spurring each other on. And then, you know, the people on the periphery of it, they get involved too because now they've got they've decided, hey, I want to go through this building, or I want to stop and see this, take a look, and take photos and post them.
1: No, and 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 like you said, I, that's this great solid point is just the the ability to share the information. It wasn't there, you know, even 15 years ago, it just wasn't there. Yeah. The networks and everything so that is it is a great point and one of the few benefits of social media and the internet i say that sarcastically so <laughs> um so there's a lot of talk about nfpa 1583 richard wiggins is pointing out that some category b conditions they're too subjective not to mention most healthcare providers don't understand nfpa 1583 and its importance which is a solid point Um, Brian Bowden and if you don't know the actual numbers it's not like uh, ask I heard you say there was only one interior operations line of duty death in 2017 what were the numbers for interior operations for 2019 and 2020 and so I know that I can put a link in here to the articles if I pull them up boom pull them up for you I'll get a link over there
0: okay I'd have to go back and look
1: Yeah, no problem. So this is a link to almost every one of his articles that cover those line of duty deaths if you want to go and read them. But I believe for me doing research for this. Uh, 2020 was
0: five inside.
1: 2020 was five inside?
0: Yeah.
1: There you go. Unfortunately, when trying to manage Robert Ramirez chimed in and said, unfortunately, when trying to manage risk or establish policy from a position of fear or lack of experience, some decision makers will turn to line of duty death numbers and weaponize any form of data that will support their position. And that is a very solid point. And then we have Brian Brush. He said, hello, old friend, the man whom shared with me that firefighter behavior takes more firefighters than fire behavior. I like that. In fact, I will like that. All right. Moving forward. Um, I went back in time for this one. I hope you don't mind. Uh, 2016, you wrote an article. It was called a fire culture examination. So five years ago, it was a fire culture examination. And you went and kind of did a uh, uh, your thoughts on the, the uh, Clark's book. Uh, I can't save you, but I'll die trying or Clark's work. And uh, one of my favorite articles you wrote was that that synopsis. I loved it. If we as a national organization, and it's in that link, by the way, uh, but the quote in there that I loved was, if we as a national organization, fire departments and individuals are being honest with ourselves about some of the elephants in the room that we don't talk about, among these are the recognition of valor and line of duty death, negligence and incompetence, culture, and a confluence of educational efforts. So, man all of that is just uh, super powerful. It's, um, we ended up,
0: I ended up reviewing uh, Dr. Clark's book for work and um, it's, it's a good book. I recommend it. There are some parts in there I don't agree with, but I don't think that if you disagree with something, you still have find value in it that you shouldn't recommend it. So I, I recommend it. Um, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Uh, his, it's good because he he tells it from his perspective, and and his perspective is based on what he learned coming through the fire service, and um, he, he to his credit he 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 points us to ask the questions of ourselves of you know what what are we willing, what are we blatantly neglecting, you know when it comes to you know reducing duty deaths and other other actions, um, you know he. he uh, It makes you, yeah. It for me, it, t- it takes you back to the idea that yeah, there are there are elephants in the room that the fire service right just, um, just no. doesn't want to
1: mess with.
0: It's and that. so um, I think uh, when you it, there's there's like no way getting around it with some things in the fire service. It's, it's just a matter of you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna discuss that. We're not gonna mess with that. We're not gonna worry about it.
1: No, um, and, and it, you you even say in there, uh, and I think you were quoting Clark. He says, "What level of lie does the fire service accept, consciously or unconsciously, about firefighter behavioral health or safety doctrine?"
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, I I remember remember reading an article years ago, and uh, again, I, like I said, with the data, you got to know you know caution it because there's passion in the open this in the data are you know with the subject um you know the author wrote you know the fire service does a good job of putting on funerals and i think for, i think for the act of a funeral yeah we, we do a good job of it but i i think um you know, there's this almost
1: uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm trying to be very respectful. Sure. No, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a um, delicate balance. I'm, I get it. So take um, your time and And that, I think there
0: there are some in the fire service who who who, who totally em, embrace the whole notion of of sacrifice and and, and with it, valor and stuff like that. And not, not in the smart sense of like, you know, making a calculated risk that may not pay off for for a greater benefit. I, I just think there's some that view it as, um, yeah, I'm gonna put in my time and uh, I'll probably die in a fire. Hmm. And that, that's that's a pretty sad attitude to have. You know, it um, yeah, it's, that's a pretty sad attitude to have, in my opinion.
1: Uh, speaking of behavioral health, you wrote the article that got nominated for an award. Uh, how much study have you done on it? How, is it another passion? Is it uh...
0: um, that that came out of being invited to be part of a behavioral health workshop with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation? Um, that was right when they were on the cusp of uh, dealing with uh, firefighter suicide and mm-hmm. stress sure. um, before it became the uh, the big uh, the big topic and the big. Um, Oh, I try to say the, the big uh, catch-all, if you will, um, and it was it was a neat it was it was a, a very good approach to to how how can we address this problem in the fire service? And they based it off of the the military, particularly the navy, right? Uh, who was also at the time the navy and the army, along with the Marine Corps, doing their own work to to combat stress in, in their ranks. Um, one of the leading doctrines from it was uh, out of the marine corps dealing with combat stress and so their view was that um you know the, the fire service and stoicism uh may not actually react well with traditional counseling methods but if we bring in something that works in another paramilitary organization then tailor a little bit to the fire service and it probably can work on on members of the fire service and um so those those articles were about that workshop and about the developments in there, and um, it, it's it's got a good it's got a good mission. It's got a good purpose. Um, I liked how you know when when we were involved in working it out that uh, the idea was that if if you get guys to care about each other in the sense of you know checking up and making sure that we're all okay, right? You know, then. Then that gives you a, a more holistic approach to making sure we're all okay in other areas too. Um, if, if I'm cared about your emotional well-being, you know whether or not you seem troubled or stressed or something like that, then I'm also going to be concerned probably about you know have you have you, hey, have, you have you been to the doc? You
1: know, sure, sure.
0: Hey, you know I noticed the last couple of shifts you're eating junk, right. Not working out, you know things like that. So it it, it was a it's a good approach. Um, in, over time now, there's been several others who have, who have uh, used different methods and different different approaches and other things, too, that, um, you know, if it works in their area, that, that I mean, that's good. That works for them.
1: Right on. Right on. That article was definitely more the tip of the spear as far as, as addressing it, you know, so. Uh, yes. So I like to always ask if uh, my guest has book or books that they think that firefighters should be reading.
0: Uh, yeah with, with the stuff you sent ahead of this um i took a look at a lot of different books that, I, that i've read and others and um at first i didn't want to didn't want to actually recommend a book i want to say you know what you should read is you should read your map book or something like that okay, okay. but um but um you know i i i'm just different with some things and uh you know i You can read everything you want about, you know, Navy SEALs and, you know, leadership and uh, stuff like that. And if it works for you, that's that's great. Um, And if you can recommend others, too, that's good. Um, So but for this this program, um, okay, what can I recommend for the fire service that would have a good good lessons, insight into it? I think it would be uh, Mark Bowden's book, Black Hawk Down.
1: Ooh, I like it.
0: I don't know more people probably seen the movie than read the book and then probably even less people uh, have read uh, his series in the Philadelphia Inquirer when he was first writing about it. But um, if if you ever wanna read a, 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 a book about the military that mirrors the fire service and everything in the fire service from duty, mission, sacrifice, to all the errors, Leaving things behind, forgetting things, conflicting rules of engagement, uh, strife among inter, intercompany units, uh, you know, poor intelligence, you know, half well missions. That that's that's a good book, you know, I, I, you know, because you you would be able to see similarities from guys leaving behind their night vision goggles, to reading the NIOSH report about the guys leaving behind the tick on the rig right. or, you know, going in without the face piece on. Or, or so, so, that, so that's, to, to me, um, if you want to read a military book that carries, you know, sacrifice and service and mission, but also isn't shy about shortcomings, that can definitely be related to the fire service. That would be uh, Black Hawk Down. Absolutely. I love it.
1: All right. Now we have a thing we do every time on the weekly scrap, and it is the five questions for firefighters. The answers are uh, completely up to you and your opinion, and so uh, the points are assigned by me and they're completely arbitrary. So, <clears throat> Bill Carey, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters? Yes, yeah, I expect so. All right, let's do this. Number one: What is the number one issue facing the modern fire service?
0: I, I couldn't come up with just one. It's fair. Um, the, the number one issue. Oh. Well, it's a, it's a bunch of things. Uh, one is um, we're a bunch of drama queens, <laughs> who can't stay in our own lane, and are just get wrapped around the axle about what the other guys are doing. It just, I see it at work. I'm, and am not, not saying it happens at work, but I'm just talking about readers and reactions to stuff. Um, you know, if, if Miami-Dade wants to run clean cabs, and if Los Angeles wants to run European fire engines, you know, if Ottumwa, Iowa wants to wear European helmets, good for them you know none of them none of them are down at, at 6200 <laughs> belcrest road where the firehouse is that comes to my house you know at the end of the day what firehouse operation am i concerned with the most that firehouse right um yeah i might not wait like the way a helmet looks or a way an engine is painted but if i'm not riding it and if i'm not paying for it Really, what? What? Why do I have to? Why waste your time getting wrapped around the axle about so many things? Um, you know, not saying you can't disagree with things or, or say like or offer your opinions, but I just see so much uh, of readers and others who just get so bothered right. about what about what what other some other department is doing. Um, you know, so, so one one of my great one of my the neatest things I think I see when I when I look at stuff online. or or comments and reactions is this whole bit about uh, laying out, not laying out, uh, you know, and and tank water. It's like tank water, tank water, tank water. Well, you know, fire engines have been carrying tank water for years, for decades. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see burned out blocks anywhere around town. So it's like, has something happened where people forgot to, you know, Charge a line with tank water while the supply line's getting connected. I don't know, but there's this huge rage about it. Um, you know, the, the same thing for for just you know, decon practices, or you know, whether or not you're doing you know uh, community risk reduction. It's just it's like it's like guys, you know, and women just don't get so ate up about what another department is doing. Unless it it somehow impacts your department's operations. Um, We'd all be a lot, a lot more, less stressed. I mean, you want to talk about stress and stuff like that. We'd be all a lot less worked up if we just said, oh, that's how they're doing it. Okay,
1: carry on. (laughs) Right. Uh, I love it. I will give you max points and I'll tell you why. You use the term that firefighters are a bunch of drama queens. And so that got Max points well,
0: right well, there. No, no, I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm gonna walk it back like it's a political statement. But I'm just saying it's maybe it's maybe it's my line of work. So what I see, and, you see and, and it. Here, you're
1: exposed to it a lot. No, it's everywhere. There, you you know that. It's, a, is like it's, that. A, it's, but it's just it's just it's just the anony- an- anonymity of the internet just uh, magnifies it and. Uh, Yes, uh, here we go. Dustin Martinez says the biggest problem in today's fire service. I have to read this one because it's really good. The biggest problem in today's fire service is there's a perfectly good cowboy hat in the frame and Bill Carey ain't wearing it. So uh, Dave LeBlanc said, you do you. That's a quote from Bill Carey. And then Brian Bowden said, social media can be so beneficial, but can also be one of our biggest enemies within ourselves in the fire service.
0: No, no, I disagree with that. All right. Go. Cool. Okay. That's the that's the thing. We can't blame the technology. Okay. We, if there's problems with it, blame the user. We can't blame the technology because that's the knee jerk reaction to everything that goes wrong. You know, there's a helmet cam video and then people complain about it. They're all well, in the video, gets pulled. You know, if you know we, we see the thing, you know, what is it? What is it, the latest thing? You know, death by PowerPoint.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, everybody uses PowerPoint. Okay. It's just it's just how they use it, what they create, and how they present it. So it's, so it's not the technology. It's the
1: user. I like it. I like it. I will agree with that. So people can be so beneficial but can also be one of our biggest enemies within ourselves in the fire service. There. All right. Uh, David Pruitt said, learn why they are doing it instead of worrying about it. May not work or be applicable for my district, but give me a department that knows why they are doing what they are doing, and that's a solid house. That's a very good point, Mr. Pruitt. Yeah. All right, sorry. You get me sidetracked, everybody, with the five questions here. We got Bill Carey on the hot seat. Um, number two, get my notes up, even though pretty much have them memorized. Uh, what is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting?
0: Most excited? Well, um, to date, it's getting back to shows. Yeah, we're um, yeah, really looking for that. Um, I'm most excited for, for for how we're how we're beginning to embrace data, and not just line of duty death data, but like the the work that Brian Brush is doing, rescue data. Yes. Um, you know, um, the people who've gone years before us, especially on the community risk reduction side and prevention side, with, with their data. Um, yeah, we're we're getting we're. Get, we're We're a unique service that is traditionally thought of as blue collar.
1: Right. We're,
0: we're, we're learning how to accept and and use properly, you know, the white collar side of our work. And that's the data part. And, um, you know, that's, that's huge. That's hugely important to, to, to departments nowadays. And, um, I think it's, it's being embraced by the younger firefighters coming in as well. Whereas where as they become company officers and chief officers, using it, getting it, um, understanding it will be so second nature to them that uh, it, it'll definitely have a positive impact on their department's future planning and operations.
1: No, absolutely. You nailed that. That's a great answer. And, and you mentioned Brush's deal. I have to say that even though he's such a humble guy, uh, they'll be talking, you know, 50 years from now about brushes, the, what he started with the survival I mean, and the survival, uh, survey or firefighter rescue com. I don't want to just single out Brian brush cause there's so many people involved, but the, the way he said, we have to start counting our successes, uh, moving forward. He'll be in the, like talking like with layman and then on forward into, uh, book of Andy, you know, they'll be talking about that. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, excellent answer. Max points on number two. I love that. Uh, number three. Best rank position to be in in the fire service.
0: Um, I'd have to say, like a company officer level, like a lieutenant. Um, I only did sergeant and lieutenants. I have definitely no way to speak about any chief officer experience. Um, but I've seen others and friends and everything that progress through, and I, I think I think it's the best area because you're still learning and teaching both operationally and administratively. Um, I think once you get about captain and above you, you're taking on more administrative work, managing the house and such like that, uh, at, at the, at the Lieutenant Sergeant level or the technician level, what have you like around here. Um, yeah, you, you've got your hand on both, you know, the person above you, uh, your peers and the people coming up behind you to influence. Oh. I think I think that's the that's the best area. I like to say, you know, um, you know, leave the leave the department better than you found it. So you you got a good area there to influence many people at that at that rank.
1: Hundred percent, no, and the, I don't know if you did your research or not, but there's only one correct answer to that that gets max points, and it is the company officer. So just so you know, it's a very big sticking point for me because I pass out the points. Okay. <laughs> no, I, other people have gotten max points, but they usually have to have a really good explanation for why they choose something besides company officer. Okay. So, anyway. That's the that's the gimme one if you want max points you say company officer, but all right, sorry, onward and forward. Question number 4 coming at you which is the best advice you have ever received. Don't you like these always ever's and never's?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that that ranges from uh don't touch that fence to uh you know, smell that before you eat it. Um the best advice you do you you know and that and that and then Dave credits me with that, but that actually that actually comes from a coworker from way back in the uh firehouse rescue magazine days, Aaron Northrup. you know I remember it in a meeting, you know, and there was some you know back and forth about like that, and Aaron was just like, Hey, you do you and uh
1: yeah, solid, Let's- solid, and quoted by Bill uh, by uh, Dave. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> All right, solid. All right, number five. You're almost you're almost in the clear. Number five. You have heavy fire and searchable space. Would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES? Nozzle. No hesitation. It's right to the nozzle. Everybody
0: loves
1: the engine. Can't knock it. That's it. There you go. Five questions for firefighters, according to Bill Carey. Excellent work, sir. And a dollar. will buy you a cup of coffee at Dunkin'. I was going to say. Perfect. Brother, that was fun. Oh, good. Good. What's the best place to contact you? Reach out. Get information. Um, Anything you have coming up? Anything you want to talk about? Go for it. Um contact me I, I i would imagine facebook or um
0: you can reach me through bobby or anybody at work um what have i got coming up uh <laughs> i work a lot so <laughs> everything on the site um as far as uh, you know the, the subject line of duty death data um we're looking at um we like factors like and other people um looking at uh, uh training deaths uh, our data training desks, looking at uh, there's an article in the works about you know uh, um, how do we become so scared of the roof? and then um, doing a comparison of uh, as far as was mentioned before, the us and other countries, right and uh, just showing how how, the, how how the differences are and how we look. and then also u um, s. Department of Labor stand, labor standards uh, showing the numbers between those two. And to give you an idea of like, uh, you know, every year there's always one of those, you know, most dangerous job articles that floats around that lists, you know, like 10 occupations and Yes. people wake out when firemen's like 12 or something like that. Right. So, you know, ex- explaining, well, this is why, um, that, and then also, um, a few more, just staying up on the the uh, monthly and yearly totals as best as possible.
1: Right. Are you plan on doing those every year for the foreseeable future? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, They they are excellent summaries. Uh, Beautiful. Coming up on the Weekly Scrap, we have Chief Shannon Stone, April 1st. He's my April Fool's guest. And then April 9th, Jay Bonifield. Moving on to April 13th will be Dave Mellon, Valor Fire Training, and then John Lovato on April 20th. So it's a stacked up April coming up. It's exciting. As always, I like to show off a coin that was sent to me and this one comes from chief jacob johnson and it's his do your damn job coin and on the back it's such a great quote which is every kid is owed the opportunity to have a love affair with the job So i like showing it off it'll be going in my flag display case um if you'd like one showed off please send it uh contact me and i'll tell you how to get it to me and i'll talk about on here i'm i'm loving my wife's getting me a uh folder to put all of these in and save them it's going to be awesome to have this collection when i'm done because it is there's a lot of uh heartwarming stories and 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 uh good stuff in there man and and so anyway thank you guys for that and things like if you want to send me a shirt so i can wear it on the scrap i love collecting shirts this is from shane bentley and the bears of the oath uh and uh so that's it um drop today i gotta show this off here which is this is all my bookkeeping stuff i don't know if we'll even show turn off that light Maybe that'll make it better. Not really. Anyway, it's honor the fallen fire conference. Can't see it on my phone. I'm sorry. I should have printed it off June 4th, 5th, and 6th right here in Moore, Oklahoma. It's the honor the fallen firefighter conference. Every bit of the proceeds that comes from it is going to the families of the firefighters that died in Wainoka back in January. Um, and so it, it, it's underway. We've got Chief Scott Thompson, Chief Dennis Leary, Chief Brian Brush, and just today, one of the guys here, Chief Howard Reinwald, all coming to give lectures and speak. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be hands-on training, two days of lectures, um, socials, raffles, uh, County Fire Tactics said they are going to give away some uh, uh, passes to some of their conferences, smoothbore nozzle, sit and swag, and we're still collecting stuff. So anyway, I had to hype that quite a bit. So anyway, that's all my housekeeping stuff. Thank you guys for joining us. Bill Carey. It was an amazing time talking to you about the, uh, a very heavy topic, but you, you were very good at removing the emotion and passion from it and, and bringing the data. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So I really appreciate you coming on. To everybody who watched live and asked questions and made comments, thank you so much. I hope the tone stays silent. Unless it's burning, everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.